You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's the can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome in to Own the Beat Live inside Carolina's premier beat podcast sponsored by johnny t-shirt johnny t-shirt.com all right boys it's on to beat live we are down a member producer john not in here tonight. He has other obligations, but myself, Ross Martin, Adam Smith here to bring you the latest in North Carolina athletics. Where do we want to start, Ross? Football. Uh, NC State week, right? NC State week, absolutely. What What's going on in Chapel Hill this week? They getting ready for this ball game? you think? <laughs> <laughs> it seems Just a little dead. bit. I mean, it, it seems well, a little dead. So it happens when you lose, you know, you lose Georgia Tech and NC State's coming off two losses too. It does feel um, not as much hype. The holidays are here as well. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think I do sense a little less hype building up. You know, the Friday game is a little weird too, so the schedule is a little different. Um, but, yeah, what do you think, Adam? I'm just reading what Cody McKinney said over here. It's amazing. Oh, Lord. Let me throw it up here. Adam Smith's got a fan. Is that a Ross Martin burner account? Yeah, really. Can I just say that Greg Barnes is an all-timer, but I see hit one out of the park uh, when Adam Smith came on board. Just shows why I see he's the best in the business. All right. I needed that one, Cody. I needed that one today, buddy. Thank you. That is a shout-out to Cody McKinney for, for pumping up Adam. Adam, I mean, is it just me, or does it just seem kind of off a little bit? I guess, like Ross said, Carolina loses – State's down. Um, it's still NC State, North Carolina, but it's Thanksgiving and all that stuff. Just seems like a weird time. I just think that that the loss to Georgia Tech took some of the air out of the balloon, or a lot of the air out of the balloon balloon from a from a fan perspective. I mean, just because you know it was a very disappointing loss, deflating loss. But I mean, I don't think that there's any love loss between these two programs, between the two coaches. You know, I don't think. Uh, Dave Dorn's the most lovable guy in the world anyway, um, friendly guy in the world. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it does feel like – well, Ross and I were talking, you know, a week or two ago. I think it was when we were in Charlottesville, like, you know, this could be an 11-1 and, and – 11-1? and 10-1 uh, Carolina team playing a 9-2 and two NC State team. And I was like, we should probably look up to see if that's the best records they've ever had when they've played each other. But then NC State sort of hit the bricks here with those two losses, and then 
Georgia Tech stung UNC, Yellow Jackets, get it? Um, but, you know, I, I still think it's a huge game. I mean, this is this is rivalry week, and it's the last game of the regular season, but I, I definitely get and feel what you're saying, Tommy. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Ross. I was going to say injuries are, are a big part of this as well, but Carolina seems to be pretty clean going into it. Is that – does that remain the case after what we heard on Monday, I guess, Ross? Well, clean, but, yeah, I mean, they lost the whole defensive line. Yeah, two, I mean. Three, three weeks ago, but, yeah, yeah. New yeah no new injuries. Um, you know, I mean, NC State dropped out of the, of the tw- top 25 rankings. UNC's now back to 18. I guess that was announced today. Um, was it 17 or 18? Oh, that, sorry, that's AP top 25. Um, tell us you got it right, Ross. 18 in the top 25 and 17. 17 in, the- in college football playoff. Yeah, it's takes out. You know, thought this could have be a this could have been a maybe a top 10 Carolina team versus a, you know, you would think a top supposed to be a top 10 state team. And I, you know, you thought maybe even with the loss they could be top 20 um, with the star quarterbacks for both teams, but the injuries to state. So I think all those um, play a factor. But yeah, locally I think it's still um, a big time game. It's on ABC. It's on Friday. There'll be a lot of eyes on it. Just people, you know. Hungover from Thanksgiving, uh, tuning in at three thirty as they're waking up. Um, so yeah, I mean it's always a big game, right? And you never know what's going to happen. And I think for UNC, they have a lot more to play for. You know, they can get to ten wins. That's great. Ten and two would be a, a, a really strong way to close the regular season. It's something very proud of, and sets you up for a, a nice matchup with Clemson. Some momentum. I think they need to rinse that Georgia Tech loss away and, and, and get start get focused on these last two games because they can, you know finish with 11 and two heading to the bowl game. That, that sounds nice. I think that's very well said. And I think just listening to Ross, I was thinking about it the other day. It's weird. Carolina still has not played a ranked team this football season. <laughs> uh, I mean, there have been a lot of teams on their schedule that have been ranked and they've either fallen out before Carolina has played them or jumped in after Carolina's played them. Um, haven't played a ranked team yet. Mm, that is uh well, certainly – uh, drag down the rankings and all that stuff. Let, let's talk a little bit about this matchup. Dave Doran, I think he said, it's nobody's business what my roster looks like or the health of my <laughs> roster. I mean, I flash back to Larry Fedora time, Ross. You remember where he wouldn't he wouldn't say anything about anybody. I still remember them talking about how Gio Bernard was going to play way back, and he, had, he was out for a couple games. But anyway, what you think about old Dave – in that kind of approach, trying to gamesmanship on Matt. When do you say that? Is that just this week? In their presser, yeah. It was Monday. Yeah, I mean, football coaches are always paranoid, right? <laughs> I don't know if that helps. I guess the, there is some question about who's going to be a quarterback, right? That's the, the big question, if it's going to be uh, Ben Finley or or the Charleston Southern transfer. It looks like it's going to be Finley. He played the majority of the snaps against Louisville. So, there's some – you know, that's a big deal, knowing who the quarterback is. Um I don't, I don't have any deep thoughts about that, Tommy. I don't know, Adam. Come on, man. You're supposed, there. To, you're supposed to get deep. John's not here to drag us along now. I do have the – always being the nerd that I am, I always print out the game notes. Uh, <laughs> so, I noticed in the NC State game notes that uh, MJ Morris is listed atop the depth chart at quarterback. I have no idea how accurate that is. Um, he may very well be out for the year. I don't know if anybody has any intel on that, but – I noticed it's MJ Morris, Ben Finley, and Jack Chambers at quarterback, according to the Wolfpack uh, official depth chart over here. That is a, a story. Let, let, let me talk about if folks have not listened to Colin the Shots this week, it will be tacked onto this podcast. 
after it, audio version at least. The YouTube version's out there, so make sure you check it out. But Ross, Schottmer got into the coaching staff a yeah. little bit. Were you surprised there? <clears throat> yeah, I was a little nervous about including that in the title too and then tweeting it out too. Um he he said the you know he said the team got out coached against Georgia Tech and you know he was he's on he was on the staff last year so he knows almost everybody in that building outside of Jack Bicknell probably I mean he played underneath uh, Gene Chizik so yeah he was really honest it's good good for him getting to the media game to to call out the staff like that but he said in game adjustments and keeping the team focused in the game they were a little out coached and, and didn't serve the players as well as they could have um, after they got up and, and not putting the pedal to the metal. To, to, to just take George Tech out of the game. So make sure you listen to that at the end of this podcast. Um, I thought it was very interesting. He thought that. Um, he's right, man. You got a team like George Tech, third-string quarterback, fourth-string quarterback, going up 17-0, right, Adam? Yeah. 17-0. Yeah, yeah. And, and letting them come back in and, and fall in 20. I mean, it was an unexcusable loss, in my opinion. It's just bad. It's just bad timing. You didn't think they were going to lose George Tech. You would think maybe they lose to Wake. You know, that was the game circle to maybe potentially – that would have been okay, I I think. Um, but to lose George Tech, I think it's an unexcusable loss, and it's one that's going to burn. Tommy, you're big. I mean, how's it compared to 96, Virginia 96? <laughs> Bad loss, right? I, I, I tweeted that out. I felt like it was pretty similar. I, I mean, even though I think there was more on the line maybe this year simply because – it's the same type of situation. They had a lot – a lot had to happen – um, plus a Carolina win, but Drake May's Heisman thing. I mean, Greg and I talked to Danny Cannell today on Next Level. That Heisman thing's blasted out of the water, even though he still can get to New York. Um, any chance of the playoff, any talk? It, it felt like to me, and Adam, you can comment on this. It felt like, and this has been Carolina football for years, right? It felt like the national media was just waiting for that to happen. Maybe a lot of the fans were too. Maybe a lot of local media were was too, but it felt like, Everybody said, I knew it. I knew it was coming. Do you sense that, Adam? Well, I think yes, yes. And also I think it's because of how Carolina has won these games, that they, all these games that they won. Um, you know, they've been – we've been saying it. I've been writing it. They've been living on the edge. You know, like they have li- they have walked that tightrope so many times this year. And um, it, it's weird. We all were there. We all watched it. And you felt like um, – they would just win the game somehow. They, you know, you got Drake May, you got Josh Downs, and they've pulled these things out. What would have it been? I think it would have been five second, five straight games with a second half comeback to win had they won um, Saturday after falling behind. But as Ross said, yeah, I mean they were up seventeen nothing, and you're like they're gonna walk the dog on these guys, um, and then it just sort of all um, fell apart. But yeah. I think so, Tommy. I think Carolina this year is like other teams from other years where, you know, they're not an Alabama or a Georgia or a Michigan or Ohio State or a Texas or a Oklahoma. And if you're a national media person, not to defend them, you are sort of looking for uh, the cracks or looking for a team that gets hot like this to sort of slip up and, and show expose itself. And um yeah, I think that's what happened against Georgia Tech from a national media perspective. It was just like, oh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. same old Carolina football, um, I, I think, if you're a national person. I think what was interesting, and, and Connell made this um, remark today, national folks don't really watch games 
you know, they watch some, but like you, you got your hardcore people, but there's 900 Heisman voters. They don't watch all the games. They look at the scores and then they want to check some stats, but it wouldn't have mattered how they played as long as Carolina could have won. And that national perception would have still stayed there as far as, hey, they won. Drake May must have done good. Let's, let's vote for him. But when they lost, it sort of took the wind out of sails. And look, I'm on, I'll say it here watching this. We're live at 9.13 Eastern time, and there's 100 folks in here or, or so or, or a little bit less. And there's if this is a uh, exit poll on the mood around the football program, it's a pretty solid one, right? This has been over 200, almost 300, 400 people leading up to the Georgia Tech game. Maybe it's because John Bowman's out. Producer John didn't show up. People didn't didn't come to see him. But uh, it is an interesting dichotomy on how easy it is for folks to sort of get off the bandwagon. I don't want to get in trouble for saying that, but I think folks lose interest a lot quicker when they lose games like Georgia Tech. Um, and then they turn to basketball, which is rightfully so. Basketball is a thing at Carolina. Where else do we want to go here on the football team? Anybody got anything? I think I saw a question about Antoine Green. Um, let me show that one. Got the co-host here. Uh, reports, what, Monday that Antoine Green practiced on Monday? I mean, just so you all know, you know, everything's moved up. So instead of they had Sunday off, players had Sunday off. Tuesday, Monday was a full heavy practice, which is usually Tuesday. Everything, then you know, they treat Tuesday like Wednesday, Wednesday like Thursday. The game is Friday. So Antoine Green played on – or practiced on Monday. So the, the thought is that he will be able to play for a state. Now, concussions, and I'm not, I'm not sure if that's exactly what it is. Those can flare back up, you know, so who knows. But that's where we're going right now. Yeah, somebody in the chat also said uh, – where was it? Jimmy Parker says, since all the hope of the college football player playoff is over – you think we'll see some of the young guys get more reps for the ACC championship game? That going all in to beat NC State. I mean, they, you, watch, they, you watched last year. Yeah, I mean, they're if if they could play eleven on each side of the ball for the entire game, they'd do it. It'd be like Hubert Davis <laughs> coaching football. Uh, but they're going all in. There's no looking ahead to the ACC championship game because uh, you cannot lose to NC State a second. Bull Hill says this. Is this a must-win, Tommy? What do you think, Ross? Is it? I mean, I mean, what does losing change? Losing affects the bowl game, right? I don't. You think it just affects the bowl game? Well, they're already in the ACC championship game, right? So I don't know. I don't. The must-win thing is is your deal. I don't think losing they would just probably still go cheese at bowl. You know, think uh, beating Clemson is is more important for bowl alignment too it's a big one i'll say this i think i might say this on the call the shots for momentum for next year i think losing two to close the season would look really bad you want to impact recruiting losing george tech and losing nc state would not be good for momentum because it's pretty good chance you're gonna you know clemson's i mean i imagine clemson will be favored so that's not a win so losing three to close the season in a bowl game so i think yeah i think the for appearance purposes, the NC State game is very important, especially after what happened last year. Um, culture, program building, winning the state. Yeah, so I think it's a very important game. Yeah, you uh, theoretically could lose four. Yeah. You lost the state, Clemson, and then the bowl game. 
you'd have a four game losing streak at the end of the year and you'd end up what nine and five. five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this kind of says right here, right? <clears throat> it's a must win because you don't want a three game losing streak heading to the bowl game that kills momentum. Our, our guy Slagle. So very true. So get it back on track. Win versus state. Have a great chance against Clemson. Momentum's high. You probably feel a little more optimistic going to the bowl game. You know, you probably have some people sitting out in the bowl game. Who knows? Um, you buy some transfers, you know, because transfer window is, is December 5th. We can probably talk about that a little bit, Tommy, too. Um, Absolutely. So uh, it's a big one. It does feel there's a little bit less hype, though. Yeah, definitely less hype. I, I just remember, and they were 11 and 1 in 2015. They lost to Clemson on that, you know, whatever on the call. Um, it is what it is at this point. And then they get run out of the building by Baylor. And nobody, at least the hardcore fans that inside Carolina folks are, really could remember that they won 11 games that year. You know, that's that's where we're at this season. And I don't disagree there. I mean, you, you win 11, weak schedule, uh, you play great, you lose to South Carolina, run the table, which was pretty impressive there. And then, so we're in the same type of situation here. I just don't think you can lose to NC State and talk anything i mean last year was bad enough last year was a fluke a russell mary hell russell wilson hell mary that would have landed in the first row had our guy denora cersei not batted it back in giving him a hard time about that plenty of times this is the same type of situation they, they cannot turn around and lose to nc state let's talk about transfer portal ross uh, mac's been pretty honest and open about it and, and has told people hey if you want to go go but differently, and I think this is pretty interesting, if you want to stay and play in the bowl game and be a part of it, stick around. Yeah, that was a comment from Mac on Monday. I thought that was interesting as well. That, you know, you got to think there's going to be some players that are in the transfer portal for playing time purposes. Just think about each position group and then think about who's not playing. And those are probably guys that are going to have conversations about leaving. Um, and then but Mac said, you know, if you want to stay and play in the bowl game, and practice with the team and help them win. He's going to, he's going to welcome that. He said he wouldn't have done that two years ago, but times have changed. Um, and then you got to think that UNC will try to go out and get some people too. It, it's harder for UNC to get people in than some other schools. They have to either be graduate students or young. So one or two years into college because they can't get them in with the credits into a major, it's just harder to get to Carolina. So that's why, you know, I think last year they wanted to get a wide receiver. They couldn't find someone who could get in. So that's the issue too. But you would expect them to get have some heavy interest with Drake May from a, a young wide receiver, a grad school wide receiver, I would think. I think a safety. I think O-line, depending on who wants to leave. Um, I think D-line, you're losing Raven Hasek. You're losing Noah Taylor. It'd be nice to get another edge rusher. Chris Collins is gone. Um, so – December 5th it opens and that's the Monday after the the AC championship game right Adam so it's busy and then signing day is 21st of December so and the bowl game is going to be at some point after Christmas into New Year's yeah Adam people keep asking who I was going to transfer who we think was transfer I I have no idea I, I can imagine a few be careful what we say here I think yeah so we're we, there will be no speculation. I, I will say that. Um, somebody asked, does Gaynor officially have a seventh year? That's an interesting question, Slagle. You, you, you've been paying attention. Adam, what you think about the transfer portal? Good or bad for Carolina this year? 
And will it be will it be a net positive when it's all said and done? Impossible to predict. Uh, <laughs> but I would say that what Kyle Huntsinger is saying over here, I mean, you would, yeah, we don't want to speculate at all, but you would think that the person he's mentioning here, who is the backup quarterback, would be a candidate for that. Uh, unless he's having a great time as a student at UNC and backing up Drake May. I mean, it's Carolina's a great place to go to school. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that is a point that needs to be stressed. What Ross said about the difficulties UNC has had getting transfers because they have tried and look at the transfers that they have on the roster. Now the, the three starters that they, they had and have Noah Taylor from UVA, Corey Gaynor from Miami, Spencer Rollin from Harvard. Um, you know, like they're, they're not able to take, who was it? Georgia State, I think, that Carolina played where they had something like 15 transfer. They're just not able to do that. It's just an impossibility with the way the credits are set up and and the, the school aspect of the whole student-athlete thing is set up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you would expect to lose Josh Downs and Antoine Green at receiver. I think there's a, they have a lot of great young receivers, J.J. Jones. Gavin Blackwell, Kobe Pesor, as we know. And, and to be clear, that's to going pro. Going to right, the Josh Downs, leaving for the NFL, and uh, Antoine Green. Who knows? Maybe Josh Downs come back. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't think he would, but I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it seems like receiver – I mean, like Max said it, we were all there when he's like, who, who wouldn't want to come play receiver for Drake May? You know, you would think he would be uh, an excellent uh, recruiting tool. Um especially with transfer portal where a guy's looking to maximize things and maybe play for one year or two years and really make a name for himself. Um, so I think the transfer port, I think Mac, you know, Mac is uh, old school as it gets 71 year old dude. And he remembers the old dude, old days. I think he has embraced the transfer portal, but I also think he's a little wistful for um, the days where it wasn't like this, where it feels kind of like a free agency. I know that he doesn't seem to to like that aspect of it. Changes high school recruiting. I think um, we discussed this before, and, and I think Don and I have too, that, um, you know, why would a program take a, a 18-year-old high school senior, you know, college freshman, want to go and get a, a four-year college player and plug him in? Like, that, it changes recruiting and how you build your roster based on that. Because if you need an impact player, you're not going to get one necessarily in, in recruiting you can get them through the portal now where if you need two or three positions filled just get a third fourth year player who's developed who's practiced in college for three or four years and can jump in but it's it's harder for you and see to do that um one thing interesting about criswell this is just my own thought i don't i think i might have read this somewhere but this is not sourced or anything he could be the quarterback the year after drake leaves i think that's important to to note if he doesn't transfer because he has that extra year. So this is his junior year. And then next year will be his senior year. And then he has the bonus year. So if he wants to stay and be the starter, well, Cam Sexton situation, right? Cam Sexton was a starter for one year, senior year, something like that. Absolutely. I think, I think another thing with the transfer portal that is impossible to measure or predict is the NIL aspect of it. I mean, you got you can pay these guys to come. Um you know what Clemson's AD the other day or yesterday today was saying like we need to up our commitment. You know, he's saying we need more money to to pay these guys. So um yeah, there's a lot of factors. And yeah, I you absolutely can address a need 
you say we need a right tackle, you know, we or we need, you know, a defensive end. You can go out and try to address that need, but they're also, you know, being wooed by other programs too. Yeah, I mean, it's free agent market, right? You, you can go out and, and get whatever you want these days. Gone are the days of um, football players working at the gas station. And getting paid. <laughs> delivering pizzas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quote, delivering pizzas. I mean, everybody, yeah, it, it is an interesting time. And you're right. And, and folks are speculating in the chat and all. I mean, look, your best players at any school, uh, North Carolina or otherwise, are going to get offered a ton of money from the big boys and the folks that can do it. I mean, uh that's going to happen. So folks need to get used to that. I remember last year when there was a, a receiver for Carolina this year that everybody was saying was getting offered a ton of money to go play somewhere in the SEC. That was a big deal, and it happens. It's going to get worse. Um, what you need to do is you need to have coaches that develop players. You need to have coaches that um, are able to coach players up to perform well. You need to win, and you need to have an NIL, NIL collective. Like the Clemson AD said, I did think it was interesting that somebody said the school pays Dabo, but they want us to pay the players um, in response to that. Some random Twitter person, and it's somewhat relevant. But anyway, anything left for football? NC State week, we've got all the content that's on the Inside Carolina site right now. Um, shots, next level. We'll have game plan tomorrow night. Letterman analysis. I was kind of surprised that the coordinator report didn't get more traction um, because I directly asked Chiswick about going dime on third and nine. Um, and he gave a very coach speak Chiswick answer. Um, so folks, I guess expect um, anything. Otherwise you, you, you not understanding how those things work. Anything else, Ross? I, mean, I think state's defense is very good. And so it'll be interesting to see how they match up with, with UNC and Drake. I, mean, I would expect a big game from Drake. And Josh, they're going to be highly motivated after George Tech loss. you got to think that Josh Downs wants to get that drop out early, get that washed away. And you got to think that Drake will be tossing around. And it's, you know, what he said about State, you know, months ago now. Um, you would think they're going to want to have really big games. And, and that's a good thing. I don't know what was off with them against Georgia Tech. They Both of them looked off. Drake may more so. I just thought he missed some throws. I thought some players dropped some things. He was sacked six times, 12 TFLs. I mean, NC State's got one of the better defenses in the country, right, Adam? Top 25 in most categories, most major categories. So what do you think, Adam, there? And it's – it's I, I I think the concerning area is is that the sacks have been sort of starting to pile up a little bit, and it's not like they've been playing um, the 85 Bears. Uh, you know, like six sacks to Georgia Tech – it was four sacks. I got it right here. Four sacks to Virginia. Uh, it's 13 sacks in the last three games. Um, but I do think that Josh Downs and Drake, it's, a, it's sort of a topic we've been talking about and we talked about with the players today. I do think I would expect a big bounce back from that. I think Carolina is going to win the game. Um, I think Drake is going to play well. I think the way that – Georgia Tech covered Josh Downs with doubling him wherever he went. Well, isn't that what Phil Longo said? Wherever he went, unless he lined up in the backfield, they they doubled him. Slot, mm -hmm. out wide, wherever. Um, I think, hey, me being the quarterback that I am, I think that that 
you know, just had him out of his comfort zone in terms of Drake. You didn't have Antoine Green out there, and it just seemed like there was some hesitancy there, you know, uh, of of looking and making his reads and everything. And I just felt like, you know, Josh Downs been catching twelve balls a game. I mean, they've been he's that guy's been averaging twelve catches and one hundred and forty yards the last four games. I mean, geez, Louise, but. Um, yeah, the game plan worked. I thought the game plan worked. They doubled Josh Downs. Antoine Green wasn't there. So it forced some guys to make some plays, and there wasn't much there. I mean, passing yards indicate that. I didn't uh, see anybody open, to be honest with you. There was there was some – May missed a lot of throws, but from where I sat, I didn't see too many people running open. I mean, Downs was open there at the end. And then was it J.J. Jones dropped touchdown pass? Can't remember exactly. He drops. He had some drop. But yeah, you said they were looked. They didn't look open. They also got pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, how'd they do that, both those? You know, that Good interception week. he threw too was not the greatest. Um, I think he was trying to go to Nesbit. Uh, uh, the third quarter interception where they were down there on about the twenty. Yeah, um, I don't know who he was throwing to there. It's wild. It's wild to see all the things that we have seen out of him, and he didn't throw a touchdown pass. And I think he threw for two hundred and two yards. It's just. You know, you come to expect 350 yards and three touchdowns out of Drake and him running for another score. Um, so, very uncharacteristic. Um, and Ross is right. I mean, that NC State defense is physical, too. What did Phil Longo say? Like, you have to be violent and physical to be able to win a game like this? Um, you know, I do think it's a must win. <laughs> They're all must wins. There you go. You're coming around. I all think right. I think they've got to get it done. Saturday or Friday against NC State because um, you don't want to go into Clemson uh, off of two losses. Keep everybody healthy. Weather, what did it, whatever. Uh, last chance, I, last time I saw, wasn't it kind of damp in Raleigh in 19? We were coming back from the Bahamas, Ross, and mm-hmm. and uh, Javante and Michael Carter went it was, nuts. It was a rainy night. There was, there was no one there. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, especially not you know, after they went out to get their beverages at halftime, they'd stayed out. Anyway, Carolina and NC State, Friday at 3.30. Um, you know, if you need a poncho or a sweatshirt or all those type things, you got Johnny T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com to take care of you. Go visit them on Franklin Street if you're in town for the game on Friday. It's uh, officially holiday season, Christmas season, I guess, on Black Friday. Go t- go by and see them. Get your, you got your crew neck on tonight, Ross? You don't. Just a regular old kind of sweater here, light sweater. He he, no crew necks for Ross tonight, but they've got the crew necks all over. They got the jerseys, the NIL stuff, anything you need online or in person at Johnny T-shirt. Alumni owned, operated, very good friends of Inside Carolina, very good friends of you, the Inside Carolina Premium person, Ross. Yeah, Blue Shark Vodka here. Shout out Connor Barth and people at Blue Shark Vodka in Wrightsville Beach, a local independently owned vodka company, smoothest vodka in the world. I saw somebody in the chat mentioning they tried it. Very accessible price point. If you're drinking vodka this holiday season, make it Blue Shark Vodka. Make a little punch, a little cocktail. Uh, available in all 100 North Carolina counties. It's smooth, accessible. If you're supporting a local company, a local uh, independent company, just like Inside Carolina. So if you're going to go out there and drink some vodka, be responsible. Make it Blue Shark Vodka. And now we'll have some national ads. We'll be right back, right back with some basketball talk on the beat as UNT heads into um, – you know, some real games out in Portland. 
What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, shit. what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four the podcast so you don't miss a thing. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. Welcome back to On the Beat Live, 932 on the East Coast. Ross Martin, Adam Smith, Tommy Ashley. Uh, Portland, is it the Phil Knight Invitational? Is that what it's called? Because I know they had the Phil Knight Legacy. That's the one Duke and Gonzaga are in. Legacy is, it all in is the Duke same arena. Is it all the same arena? Uh, three different arenas. arenas. But they, they mix them up. They're all like, depending on what game it is. Like the Carolina arena. bracket plays at the Moda Center on Thursday. Like all the teams in the invitation in PKI play at the Moda Center where the Blazers play. And then the Legacy is playing over at Veterans Memorial Coliseum, which I think is the older one. Mm-hmm. Ross White know better than I would. Um I think that's the place where the Blazers used to play, Veterans Memorial, back in yeah. the Jack Ramsey days. There's a Chili Center, too, which I guess the women are playing there or something. I don't know. A ton of basketball going on in Portland. Uh, Carolina and Portland on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Ross, you mentioned real games. I agree with you. I think the first four have been sort of a preseason-type atmosphere. Hubert Davis was not pleased after Gardner-Webb and that week. He sounded much more pleased after James Madison. Um, do you think Carolina's playing as well as they need to going into this tournament? Because they're going to see some ramped up competition here. Yeah, you know, I, th- I thought they looked pretty good on. Um, I was actually sitting courtside on Sunday at noon. The days are running together with the, the crossover season here, but you know, I thought they looked pretty sharp. I thought you look, you saw a throwback Armando from 2021-22 season, just a beast inside you know, triple team going through fouls, scoring through contact, rebounding, dominant, 23 rebounds, I think 19 points. You know, it's good to see that kind of fire out of him, the trash man. And I thought RJ – I think RJ is the most important player on this team. I mean, he is just – he was sharp, controlling the game, um, you know, grabbing rebounds, defense. I mean, I think he is the key to this team. Um, Those are my two takeaways. Uh, And they just look look better. I think think it was – Hubert Davis said it was the the first – Real half, best half they played was the first half. Uh, but Adam's been in all the games, so I'll give him a chance here. I haven't covered all of them. Uh, but it's, that, that was a good step as they head to Portland, where they will face Portland on Thursday. You would think they win that, and they play the winner of Iowa State Villanova. Who knows what happens there? And then they could play a combination of UConn, Oregon, Alabama, or Michigan State. And those are all, you know, power five kind of programs adam your thoughts uh against jmu well i think my thought is what you were saying is that we asked i asked him uh that it was 
you know, was the first half your best half of the season? Because I feel like the, the first half against JMU and then the second half against College of Charleston when Armando had 27 points in the half and they scored 59 in the half and they shot, I think they missed eight shots total from two-point range. Um, those are like the two best halves that they've played. Um, and the other ones have sort of been slogs and grinders against these mid-majors. Uh, but Hubert did, as Ross said, Hubert said, Yes, I, I think that the first half played against James Madison, I think they got to a 21-point lead was how the highest they got it, um, was he felt like their best half of the year. So, I mean, yeah, the, what? They played UNCW, College of Charleston, Gardner-Webb, James Madison, the CAA, the Big South, the Sun Belt. You know, I think now we're going to find out, at least here in late November, moving into early December, what this Carolina team is made of right now. There'll be a different team by the end of the season, just like last year's was, just like any team is. But we'll see how they handle it. I mean, you know, um, if they play Villanova on Friday, I mean, you know, Villanova is going to defend the hell out of them. They're going to get up inside, you know, up into them. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. I, I'm looking forward to see just how they respond to an elevated level of competition playing against the big boys now. And they still do have that number one by their name. Um so it, I, th I just think it's going to be interesting to see what they have right now and then, you know, what they can work on moving forward. Sean Crowley asks, are they going right to Indiana from Portland? That's right. They're flying. Um, they're leaving Monday from Portland to Bloomington, and they play Indiana on Wednesday. Indiana, is it, I'm sure they're at top 25 still, Adam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Still on, I'm still on football brain here. And, you and got last time they went to Indiana, they got raced out of that place. And you got two first-team preseason All-Americans in Armando Baycott and uh, Tracy Jackson. I mean, uh, it's is Tracy Jackson. TJD. Somebody can correct me in the chat if I'm saying it wrong here. Um, yeah, they're ranked 11 right now, Indiana, by the way. But, uh, I mean, that's going to be a situation. I mean, you could potentially play uh, in, a, in a span of games here. You could potentially play Villanova, Michigan State, let's say, if Carolina wins and gets to the final, Villanova, Michigan State, Indiana, and then your ACC opener against Virginia Tech. Um, At Virginia Tech. Yeah, it's being compared to, what, an NBA road trip. Um, and we talked – Ross and I were talking to some of the, the, the members of the support staff, and they said, yeah, no matter what time UNC plays on Sunday in Portland, no matter what time they play, they're going to stay Sunday night, they're going to fly Monday morning to, I guess, Indianapolis or maybe straight to Bloomington. Um, and then get ready for the Hoosiers and the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Yeah, pretty pretty tough stretch there. And then you go, like you said, at Virginia Tech, and then you got a couple home games. And then it's Ohio State and Michigan. And then they get a breather at Pitt. Um, yeah, we made the joke when the schedule came out that by the end of the, uh, the non-conference schedule, Hubert Davis could provide scattering reports for the Big Ten. I mean, there's a lot of Big Ten teams they could run into here. Absolutely. How, how's the IC team handling all this? Are y'all getting on uh, Buck's private jet and, and flying around? Is that how it works? Planes, trains, automobiles. Adam's going to have the – the tough one is going from the ACC championship game in Charlotte late night, you know, in the press box till 2 or 3 a.m. for Adam, and then Virginia Tech the next Sunday. What time is that game? 3 o'clock. Yeah, I think. Whew, that's, what, a five-hour drive? Can't be that long, can it? Actually, both on the same side of the state, you know. You go. You, I'm assuming you go straight up 77 from Charlotte. That Virginia Tech drive is not fun. 
Well, at least it was not far driving us from here. Man, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Michigan, Michigan. I mean, the Michigan's they lost to Gonzaga by one, and they beat Kentucky, and they beat Villanova. They're, they've played Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova. That's crazy. Yeah, this the Michigan State has to. You remember the days of the RPI? The Michigan State RPI has to be wild. By the way, that that you guys know what a nerd I am when it comes to like Ken Palm and basketball stuff. Kind of a big basketball guy. Um, maybe we could do this as a trivia question. I was just looking at it. Uh, does anyone know where Ken Palm, Ken Pomeroy, uh, has UNC ranked? He does his own rankings. His database is amazing. Um, he does not have them number one. I can tell you that. Uh, he, uh, he, he, he has all these different metrics, you know. And um, let's see. Let, guess, let, let the chat chime in without looking yeah. at it. It ain't number one. <laughs> um, I probably say fifteenth or sixteenth. You would be very close, Tommy. I mean, I've watched a few games. I don't watch a ton of college basketball this time of year, but some of the games I've seen, there's some teams out there that can play, and they're playing high-level competition, and they look a little better than Carolina at the moment. It might not be. It all It's all relevant once they start matching up. But where are they, Adam? They're 18 by Ken Palm. So, eight, where is uh, – what, are you looking at it right now? I can look. What do you? What do you? I'm just curious looking? who they've got ranked up there because based on what I've seen, um, you know, I don't know about Gonzaga. Ken Palm has Ken Palm's top ten are Texas one, Houston, Gonzaga three, Kentucky at four with two losses. I don't know about all that. Virginia five, Tennessee six, Baylor seven, Indiana eight, Duke nine, Arkansas ten. And the Tar Heels are down there with Creighton and UConn. Creighton's uh, on rounding out the top to twenty. Show. Virginia's look good. Oh my mm-hmm. God! Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. I, I, people aren't going to like this in the chat, but I think Virginia is going to be tough for Carolina, and I think Duke it looked a little better than I thought. I know they lost to Kansas, but they've got some dudes that can play. We'll see how they handle the whole season, but the like ACC to is going to be tough. We'd like to see if Duke and Gonzaga run into each other in Portland. That would be kind of an interesting little little situation up there in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I think that that side of the bracket or that legacy one's a little stronger than the Carolina side, at least you know on paper or whatever. Ross, what does Carolina need to? Carolina does what in Portland? Hmm. Or no, let's say this: What does Carolina do on this road trip that makes you think? They're gonna do. They they're gonna be as good and finish as strong as they were last year. I mean, do they get on track here? I mean, or- I think these are big games, big tests. I think just looking sharper and you know dominating Portland, and then coming out and, and having good performances against Villanova or Iowa State or Michigan State or UConn or whoever they have to play, and then you know look more like that team we saw in the last two months last year. You know, I want to see more. You know. Just offensive chemistry, I would say, how the ball moves. You know, Caleb Love has been a little bit off. You know, he's been some shots here. But just, you know, they're still working in. Pete Nance, I want to see him and how he kind of works in that and, and makes some plays. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's no reason to be concerned right now. Um, but you just want to see them flow a little bit, get out in the break more, um, dominate rebounding like they should. You know, when you roll out Leaky Black, Pete Nance, and Baycott, you should be dominating re- rebounding. Um, knock down some threes. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised. I don't know, Adam. I'm surprised Don Trez is not playing. 
that's something we need to ask Hubert about. Um, you know, he's gonna give the same can answer, but he's been playing Tyler Nickel over Don Shreds, which would be which is surprising to me. He didn't play yeah. against JMU. I think that's something we need to keep an eye on. You know how we were asking, kind of keeping an eye on when are we gonna see Puff? Well, we've you know we've seen Puff, but I think the uh, the situation with yeah, he, Tyler Nickel is playing over Dontrez Styles right now, and I'm not Probably. saying that's wrong, but that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not playing much, to... but he's, I mean, Dontrez's not playing at all. Right. Dontrez might not have played against JMU. He, he didn't. Right? He didn't. Yeah. He's averaging 4.3 minutes a game. Uh, is there a concern? I know Hubert said there was yellow flags, um, but is there a concern <laughs> that you've got all five starters playing over 30 minutes a game here in the early season? When they've got some depth, uh, Puff came back for one game, but Trimble, I think, is pretty good. DeMarco Dunn's looked better than um, he has. I'm not sure about Nickel. If he can shoot it, yes. If he can't play defense, McCoy. And then, like y'all mentioned, Styles is like, where where'd he go? But 30 minutes plus for each starter with Love and Bake. Oh, RJ, 35, over 35, and Love over 34. That just seems awfully high. Yeah, there's your, I, I just I did the calculation for you there, Adam. Thank you, Rolf. Oh, nice. I was wondering who did that. That's not as that's not as long as I thought. Yeah, you're right. Same side of the state. Um, yeah, I mean, look, Hubert likes playing the stars a lot. You, you look out there in the second half, and you know, for the first eight minutes, it's the same five guys. Maybe that's because he wants to get that chemistry going be- between those five guys. But look, he he says he's gonna play the bench more. I just don't. He likes rolling with. With the guys, we are seeing Trimble a good amount. Um, and you, you got Puff now playing more, and you're Puff playing over Don Trez, too. So that's another thing to to kind of study. Um, but man, he if, if you don't practice well and if you're not good, you don't play. I mean, look at um Kerwin Walton last year, non existent <laughs> after starting as a freshman, non existent. So if you're not doing things that he likes, he, he's not scared to, to bench you. So that's interesting. I, the thing I think about with Dontrez a lot is they might not have made the Final Four if not for Dontrez Styles, and I mean the shot that he hit, the three pointer he hit to open overtime against Baylor, because mm-hmm. as Armando said to us that day, hey, the ship was sinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, and I still he shot that thing right in front of Greg Barnes and, and Gregory Hall and I, right in front. Of, we could have I could have reached out and slapped him on the butt. Um, and that thing just did get over the front rim. But it went in. Carolina beat Baylor, and we know what else happened. But um, I don't know if you guys – see what you guys think about this. This was something I was thinking the other day. You know, I have a lot of weird thoughts, but I try to be somewhat creative. Um, <laughs> you know, I feel like Carolina is a team um, – and I was talking to, to with the, about this to Brendan Marks from The Athletic. Like, you kind of – in this situation here, it's November, and you're kind of like – they're looking six months in the past and six months ahead. You know what I mean? You're looking back at that. How could you not still kind of be feeling some of that magical run to the final four? And then you're looking ahead to March when everybody, you know, how your season will be measured. I feel like they're just sort of in a weird little limbo where they have to, you know, you have to settle into the season and everything, but it's kind of impossible not to con- to concentrate on some of these games when you're playing Gardner Webb, you know, like I, I don't know if that makes any sense about looking back at, six months and looking ahead, but that's, I just kind of feel like that's where they are in some ways. It's a slog, right? It's a slog to get the games that matter. Go ahead. Yeah, it, It's so early too. like, we're judging this team off of four games. So, you know, 
hopefully a 40 game season. So it's still early. And it seems like they do play to the competition. They play a little better, I think, because they knew JMU was pretty good. I'm yep. sure they showed them those offensive stats that Adam showed me, you know, <laughs> second in the nation in scoring. So it seems like they are playing. So they'll be ready, I think, in Portland. I think going on the road, too, is, is, is a good bonding experience. You kind of, you know, you feel like it's us against the world on some of these road games, especially in Indiana. So it's exciting time. Um, we still got a lot of football left, though, too. You know, the AC Championship game is huge. So um, there's a lot going on. Last time Carolina played a neutral site game in basketball, we know where it was. Superdome. New mm. Orleans. Yep. I don't have anything else, boys. Carolina State Friday. Carolina and Portland for the Thanksgiving weekend. Y'all going to win the football game, Tommy? Who, who's, who wins the football game Friday? What's the score? Uh, I don't know if I can go there this early in the week. Oh, okay. I, I know. Still got to watch some film. <laughs> Still got to give them – I picked Carolina to beat State in preseason. And I, I did too. I, I've held those. So. I think they win. I, I'll, I'll pick Carolina. I think they win. Better quarterback. That's the key in college football. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't true against Georgia Tech, though. <laughs> yeah. I like how uh, Max – Some it was you, wasn't it, Adam, that said something about the, the third or fourth-string quarterbacks? And he was like, yes, yeah, so did Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. It was so, some question I asked him. I was just trying to figure out, <laughs> like, how much film are you having to watch? You have to watch all three of these guys who could play? Like, that yes, was – Yes, Chiswick about, Chiswick about uh, Ben Finley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, do you He's watch his around. high school tape? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting take. I, I think they better win. Uh, or, you know, <laughs> there's going to be some, some, some severe catcalling. It's one thing to lose to Georgia Tech. It's, one, it's another to lose to NC State, um, especially after last season. I've got nothing left, uh, Slagle, uh, to quote Dave Doran. It's none of your business, <laughs> the health of our roster. Dave Doran. Happy Thanksgiving, folks. We'll be back with the Game Plan Podcast tomorrow night, Wednesday. Check out Ross's Calling the Shots, all of Adam's work on Inside Carolina, Danny Cannell on Next Level, plenty of stuff going on at Inside Carolina. Shop Johnny T-shirt and get your blue shirt vodka. Ross, Adam, I appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving. Yep, everybody be safe travels.